Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 265 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Thursday, July 19, 2012. On tonight's show, yes, he's back, and his podcast is back after a little bit of a break. Dr. Kevin Bernstein, the resident chair of the AAFP National Conference of Family Medicine Residents and Medical Students, will be on the show talking about the meeting. He is, of course, a family medicine resident at the Naval Hospital in Pensacola, Florida. And uh, <laughs> uh, one of my first conversations with Kevin was right on this show two years ago when he was uh, walking the floor of the national conference. Uh, so uh, if you want more information on that, go to FamilyMedicineRocks.com. Uh, so we'll be talking about that, all that, and a lot more coming up on episode 265 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the American Academy of Physicians, this is Dr. Glenn Street. Um, this year, one of my commitments and, and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and, and our frontline membership. Uh, on, on Monday, a Twitter handle, I'm privileged to be the first one to hold, uh, at AFP Prez, P-R-E-Z, I already have 29 followers. I feel so proud. Um, I have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000, um, and our, uh, our king of family medicine social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has uh, nearly 7,000 uh, members. Welcome to the show that is passionate about medicine and social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Mike Savella, Family Medicine's bad boy. What does that mean? I have no idea. I just like using that. Hey, this is a show, and I get this a question a lot. Mike, what is this show about? Hey, this show is by a family physician for the growing family medicine community, of which you are now a part of just by listening to this show. That's right. Welcome. Hey, check out my digital library of stuff at familymedicinerocks.com. And a shout-out to all the people following me on Twitter, all 9,806 people following me on Twitter. My goal is to hit 10,000 by the meeting next week. And, hey, uh, shout-out to all the people uh, following who like the Facebook page, all 430 people who uh, are uh, like the Facebook page for this website and show. Thank you so much for that. Today is Thursday, July 19, 2012. It is 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central. 
And uh, temperature right here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters is uh, 76 degrees Fahrenheit. We had a little bit of rain today. Of course, not enough to handle the drought that is happening nationwide, but we got a little bit here today, and uh, hopefully the weather is okay where you're at right now. How is your week going there, kids? That's right. I haven't done the show for a while. I hope I remember how to do this. <laughs> but uh, took a little bit of a break from the show because, you know, life gets in the way of things, you know. Uh, life gets in the way of uh, social media and podcasting. <laughs> Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, so glad to be back here and, uh, right, right at the top of the show here, right at the top of the show. I want to welcome all the guests in the chat room. Shout out to all the guests in the chat room, uh, because you're here uh, for, with an exclusive, uh, announcement. Uh, and I'm very excited about this. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, because you have to be here next Tuesday. Tuesday, July 24, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Why? Because I have an exclusive interview with not one, but with two medical students going to the meeting next week. That's right. Diana Tucci from uh, the University of Pittsburgh and Aaron Meyer, a student at the St. Louis University. They will be here on this show exclusively talking about the meeting, talking about why they're excited to be at the meeting, and why Family Medicine rocks and why this meeting is going to rock next week. So that is just days before the meeting. So so mark your calendars there, kids. It is Tuesday, July 24, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, be right back here next week. I'm very excited about this show coming up next week. And as I blogged on my, uh, uh, on my website here this week, uh, it, it is my prediction. This is my prediction that the 2012 AAFP National Conference will be the most social media connected conference for medical students and residents ever. That's right. If you want to read more about it, go to familymedicinerocks.com and you can read more about it. The hashtag for the meeting is AAFPNC. And I've been monitoring that this week. There's already been some good tweets out for that. So if you're going to the meeting, tweet out with the hashtag letting us know how excited you're going, uh, that you're going. So, um, and the other thing I'm going to try to do next week is, uh, you know, there's this new app for, for the iPad uh, for Google+. Plus, uh, and I'm going to try to maybe do, use some Google+, Plus during the meeting. And I'm also going to try to maybe even do, like, a, a Google Hangout live from my iPad from the show floor if the Wi-Fi holds up. Very excited. I mean, I know the geeks out there are be very excited about this. If you're not a geek, well, then then talk to a geek because it's going to be very exciting next week. So uh, so lots of stuff going on, uh, and Kevin is on the line here. But first, I do want to thank Walk Talk Radio for having me be a featured host on this network. Thank you so much for that. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005. And if you're curious, yes, I am a family physician in full-time private practice. And you can see patients in my office and in the hospital and in the nursing home and a lot of other places. Very excited about that. Here in beautiful northeastern Ohio. And uh, I will uh, take my break here. And uh, right after the break uh, will be my guest, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, extraordinaire family physician, family medicine resident at the Naval Hospital in Pensacola, Florida. That's right, kids. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. What is that? Just Google FM Revolution. 
for more details. And also, a proud member of the ProMed Network, a podcast you can get there by going to ProMedNetwork.com. Dr. Kevin Bernstein will be right here after this. Family Medicine's leading voice in social media in my own mind. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast live on a Thursday night here on the Block Talk Radio Network. And on the line with us, live from Florida, he's basking in the sun. He's on the beach right now, Dr. Kevin Bernstein. Welcome back to the show there, my friend. Well, how's it going, Mike? Well, you got really excited, gave me your number, and said, call you maybe. So that's what I did. (laughs) <laughs> so uh so how you doing there man how's uh how's life treating you these days uh looks like you're getting really really revved up for the meeting there man well yeah it's definitely a, a really uh exciting time uh over the next week uh leading up to the event a lot of uh communications going on between the staff of the meeting uh organizing doing last minute things getting things uh ready to go um and uh it's just it's been a whirlwind as far as uh, getting everything organized up until this point, and uh, without without the academy staff, uh, I don't know what what we would do. And they're they're really the, the leaders in in helping getting this uh, this this rolling and doing all the behind the scenes things. Uh, and they do a really good job of preparing us and getting us ready to go. So a big shout out to the academy staff and everything they've done. Uh, and uh, I don't know where we would be without them, uh, especially uh, with, with uh, everything that needs to happen leading up to the event. Uh, so cool. definitely, definitely great staff to work with. Yeah, they, they don't like me. Uh, I don't know if, they, if, you, if you knew that. Um, we, we had a little falling out a few years ago. Yeah, we should, you know, uh, I do really want to talk about it on the air, but um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Uh, but before, before we talk about the event, um, so so how's residency going? You finished your first year. You're in your second year. You're there down there in Pensacola. Um, I, you know, since you've been, you know. Uh, you know, out of your intern year for a few weeks or a few days or whatever. Uh, uh, but what uh, uh, what do you have to, to share with you know with medical students out there or undergrads or um, you know how, how did you get through your intern year of, of uh, residency there, Kevin? Uh, a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of patience. Um, as an intern, you're doing a lot of the behind the scenes uh, work as far as uh, documentation, uh, helping uh, work up patients. Uh, Kind of being the liaison between patient and attending physician and upper upper year residents, um, and then doing you know a lot on, on your part as far as, uh, as as far as helping the inpatient team, um, getting things going for the day, uh, getting things organized, uh, doing a lot of communication between the different specialists and getting all the testing and the outpatient follow up, as well as an outpatient uh, precepting a lot more as an intern uh, with the attending physician than than as a second year definitely noticed a big difference uh, in my clinics in that it's a, it's a lot easier to get through your clinic without having to precept every single case that you see, and then that's a huge plus. So definitely in, definitely enjoying uh, the, being a second year at this point. Um, but getting through intern year, uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of patience, 
um, a lot of ups and downs um, throughout the entire year. Um, with with every with every good thing comes uh, a, a time where you're you're not feeling as good about yourself. You're not feeling confident, but you have your senior resident there. You have the attending physician uh, to help you, um, and, and to always go for them for guidance. And you're you're never alone out there, and that's the biggest thing is, is never never feel bad about asking for help. Uh, you're you're you are an intern, and they're expecting you not to know everything there is to know, uh, and uh, definitely. Um, with the support of, of my upper upper levels, um, I, I definitely um, appreciated that throughout the entire year. Uh, definitely uh, couldn't have gotten where I am right now without all of their their help. Um, so, pull, I remember. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember talking with you when you were a fourth year student, and uh, so so what, what would the the Kevin of today? Uh, give advice to the Kevin of fourth year or or any of those senior medical students out there who are going to be going to this meeting. Do you have any advice for them as far as, you know, other type of, I don't know, reading or training or taking uh, uh, electives or anything to really prepare you for that interview year, or is it really just jumping in and, and doing it and asking questions? Well, there's a lot of routes you can take um, during during your fourth year to prepare you for um, residency. Some some people um, like, like to Take it a little, take it easy, especially during the second half of the year, um, knowing that you're going into your intern year, uh, working very hard, um, and that being the last time that you really have to really, uh, um, I, I wouldn't say and, and totally enjoy yourself, but uh, to, to really uh, um, ha- have a chance to kind of sit back and, and not have as much responsibility um, on your part, uh, and then uh, and then kind of saving that energy up for for intern year. I went out of a different type of route. I, I tried to identify different weaknesses um, in, in, in my learning. I took different electives um, as well as looked into what I'd be managing. Um, I'd be doing a lot of diabetes management, chronic disease management. So I looked at, uh, at endocrinology and infectious disease and, and those types of specialties and doing uh, two- to four-week rotations in, in areas where I thought I either needed improvement or where I was going to be needing to know a lot uh, in a specific area in uh, ongoing disease management. So that's kind of what I did uh, leading up uh, up until the intern year, and it definitely helped um, as far as uh, knowing a little bit more about those specialties. Um, if I were to do do it again, would I have uh, done anything else? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think, I think the way I did it um, was the way to go um, for me. Everyone's different, obviously, but uh, I think uh, those electives definitely helped prepare me for intern year. Uh, and now, even as a second year, looking back um, as, as far as uh, preparing for internship. But as much as the reading, as much as you know, as much as you are going into it, um, you, you really can't uh, you can't simulate the intern experience. Um, and and uh, there's, there's a lot of preparing you can do for it. But you're you're going to get thrown in there, and you're 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 going to second guess yourself. You're not going to feel confident, and that's I feel that what uh, most interns feel. And the first day, looking up dosages for Tylenol and and other medications, you think that were uh, that were routine and easy to to think about. You you find yourself looking up and double guessing yourself, um, and and then it becomes uh, more. Uh, it, it becomes easier as the year goes on, and uh, and you get more and more confident with your with your management and, uh, choices. So, uh, as, as far as preparing, you, you can prepare as much as you want, but uh, it's that on on the job learning that that's very important, and reading a, along the way uh, is is crucial, especially with each case that you see. Uh, and, and kind of my last question in this section is, I'd uh, I'd like you to, to to start to working on your recruiting there, uh, Kevin. So so tell the tell the folks out there, you know, what what why did you, uh, you know, give a shout out to your residents? So what why did you pick 
you know, you know, why you're there, and why should why should every medical student, you know, would want to go to your residency that you're at, other than that you're there and that you're awesome. <laughs> well, uh, for one thing, um, uh, being in the Navy, I knew I was going to be close to water, so I didn't really have to worry about that from from the the, the different residencies. Um, that that was a, a huge part. But uh, as far as why I chose this residency, um, this residency uh, is a seven 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 program, so not not too few, but not too many to get lost in the mix. Um, it's uh, the only residency in the hospital, so. Um, this is a this is a, a hospital that uh, is fully functional um, with support of the residents, um, and uh, I wanted a place where if the residents weren't there, the the hospital probably wouldn't function too well because of, of how much it relied on the residents' work, and that was really important to me because I feel like I wanted to to, to be someone contributing to the operations of, of a command. Um, the other thing I wanted to look at was a place that uh, was proficient in medical home. Um, Naval Hospital Pensacola was the first. Um, the first site in the entire um, uh, military that uh, piloted uh, patient-centered medical home, what we know as medical home port. Um, and uh, we were also the first to achieve uh, NCQA Level 3 um, accreditation by uh, NCQA, and that's the uh, accrediting um, uh, body for medical home uh, evaluation. Uh, so that was very important to me, to have some place that was using uh, the EMR in clinic that had the, the support uh, network uh, in place within clinic, uh, as well as had that uh, high, highly recognized uh, PCMH status. Um, and then we're still, we still are the, the, the trailblazers as far as medical home uh, in, in not only the Navy, but in the military. So that was, that was a huge thing for me. Um, and also going down there, meeting with the staff, meeting with the faculty, going to the morning reports, um, that, that was another huge uh, thing for me. Uh, our morning report is pretty unique. Um, every day there's an intern presentation about a case. Um, all the specialists uh, in the hospital that are able to come out are, are there. So you have your uh, GI doc, you have your critical care, your pulmonary specialists, uh, you have your pediatric specialists. Uh, you also have uh, OB guides, general surgery, um, as well as your support staff, behavioral health. Um, you ha even have your coders there. Um, so everyone that's involved uh, in, in your training in the hospital got the morning reports, and I found that very unique. I never saw that anywhere uh, in any site that I ever rotated at uh, as far as how, how much the specialists in the hospital cared for their family medicine program. Uh, so those were definitely uh, a, a few of the major, major points as far as choosing this uh, residency. As well as the cool. other residents, working with them, um, and it, it, it was a pleasure uh, to work with uh, the, the graduating third years that, that have uh, went off and now are going into the fleet. Um, and a really, really strong class above us and a very strong class coming in for sure. Um, so I'm truly blessed to be part of this residency program and, and a huge shout-out out, out to uh, Naval Hospital Pensacola um, for being not only a, an amazingly strong command, um, but for really pioneering medical home within the military. So, so after you complete your residency, so there, there's time in the Navy following that. How does that work? So uh, there's there's a couple of routes you can take as far as uh, residency training um, in the military. So in the Navy, um, we're we're more uh, known for uh, doing general medical officer tours, uh, flight surgery, and uh, undersea medical officer tours, um, and that could be done actually after the completion of internship. So we had seven in our class, um, four of us are staying along to complete our residency um, within the three years. Uh, and then uh, three three of our uh, interns uh, are going out. Uh, one of them's going into flight surgery, so he's going to flight school um, for several months, and then he'll be a flight surgeon uh, assigned to a squadron, and he'll go out and be their, uh, their doc. 
Um, and then we have a couple doing general medical officer tours uh, where they'll be going out with uh, Marines, actually, uh, and uh, providing medical care to the Marines uh, on deployments and uh, within the, the fleet at their uh, at their clinics. Uh, so that that's uh, another route you can take as far as uh, after internship. Um, and then for us staying on, we'll we'll complete our residency um, in, in the three years, and then after that we'll have uh, plenty of opportunities to go out either on a ship. Uh, we can even enter flight surgery under CU Medicine uh, at that point as well. We can go to another hospital, get uh, more involved in academics, um, or uh, be a doc in a branch clinic. There's so many different opportunities um, out there for, for us to, uh, to to go out there and kind of pick and choose what our interests are, and then the Navy will find a place for us, of course. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, thank you for your service. Thank you for, for choosing that. It's something that, that I would never want to do, and I'm glad that there are people <laughs> out there doing that. It's not for everybody, especially me. Uh, but uh, but that, that's, just, that's just fascinating work. I mean, no matter what branch, you know, that, that you go out to, I, I, I talk to, uh, I have a lot of friends, you know, who, who do those uh, residencies, and, and they're in different parts of the country. They go around the world. There's different roles within the deep, different branches uh, um, of military, and it's just fascinating uh, talking uh, to people and the stories that they have. And uh, um, it, it's great with, uh, what what you, you know, what you guys and gals are doing. Uh, it's just I, I'm just so much in admiration of it, and uh, uh, it's very, very cool. Well, thank you. And it definitely puts a twist on uh, medical practice for sure because you're dealing with a population that not only needs to be healthy and, and medically fit, but medically fit for performing tests that many of the general public are not able to do. So we, we not only have to make sure that they're healthy, but that they're um, out there um, being safe and uh, are not uh, uh, not going to be a problem for carrying out the mission, um, especially with uh, others that are relying on everybody as part of a team to take out and, to take out and carry on a mission. So mission readiness is a huge thing that that we need to keep in mind, especially when we're evaluating um, active duty military. Um, I guess on the line is uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, second year resident at the Naval Hospital in Pensacola. Hey, follow him on Twitter. He's a BernieMD31. Lots of great information. We'll talk about social media later um, in our conversation. But uh, now, you know, we're going to be uh, switching gears. We're going to talk about the meeting, you know, and – you know, he's the resident chair of the meeting, meaning that he's the kind of the face of the meeting, kind of the, the guy that, that is uh, going to be seeing a lot of speaking and at the podium and things and, and the real leader out there in addition to the team of, uh, of residents that he is uh, uh, going to be working with during the meeting. But, but Kevin, uh, just kind of starting out, so uh, we're talking about national conference. And um, what I want to ask you, you know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, hopefully a, a lot of uh, residents and students could be going to this meeting for the first time, maybe even stumbling onto this podcast um, before they go to the meeting. Uh, so for, for people who have never been to this meeting before, and you can and you can slant it a little bit to residents as well, but but uh, you know, describe a little bit the National Conference uh, of Family Medicine Residents and Medical Students, um, what uh, what attracted you to it in the first place, and 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 why uh, uh, why the, the attendees, the people that are going to be going, are going to be really enjoying this meeting, Kevin. So for the first question, uh, what attracted me most um, to go to this conference, um, honestly, um, I, I went into it uh, as far as uh, just taking a step back, most of our um, attendees that are students are first-time attendees, um, and a lot of them are fourth-year uh, medical students looking for residencies. Um, I, when I went uh, into the conference, I was between my first and second year, um, so there weren't that many um, what we call underclassmen um, uh, medical students going to the conference as opposed to the fourth years looking for their residency programs. So I had the uh, unique opportunity in being able to 
kind of go there not looking for my next job um, per se, but uh, kind of getting a taste for the specialty um, and uh, checking out, having more time for the workshops um, as well as uh, the, the congresses and uh, checking out the student congress and parliamentary procedure and policy making. So that by going there between my first and second year, I had that um, opportunity where I wasn't uh, going to just the, the, the residency fair and trying to figure out where I'm going to be going next year and interviewing. Um, so that that's kind of a, a little bit different. So if, if you are attending and you're not a fourth year, um, I, I would see this as an opportunity more to, to explore the, um, the, the specialty, uh, to explore uh, if you are on the fence about failing medicine, what exactly failing medicine is. Because when I went, I never really understood um, fully what failing medicine was. I wasn't even going to go into failing medicine first in the first place. Uh, I was thinking orthopedics at that, at that point. Um, and I just went because I was uh, on a six- or seven-week uh, primary care practicum in my first year. Um, it was following uh, one of my uh, mentors um, uh, that, that came to be um, uh, on that rotation, uh, which is also unique in having a first-year primary care rotation. Not many, not many schools do that. Um, and uh, he told me about this conference, uh, and I, I thought it was pretty intriguing as far as the scope, uh, seeing kids to, you know, cradle the grave um, and, and doing a variety of things, including procedures, seeing sports medicine, and with my interest in ortho, um, I really had an interest in sports medicine, being a team doctor, and then learning that I might not have to do a five-, six-year um, residency possible transition year um, and uh, a lot of hours, a lot of uh, time studying, um, uh, you know, uh, for, for that extended period of time um, versus uh, doing three years and, and, a, and possibly a fellowship to go into sports medicine. So that was intriguing to me. So I just wanted to go to the conference, check it out, see what the family medicine had to offer. Um, so that, that's exactly what I did. And you go there and and the environment and uh, the, the passion that everyone that is involved with failing medicine shows and how friendly everybody is. And it was just definitely a, a life-changing experience, really, um, for me, um, in that uh, this community who I didn't even know kind of opened their arms and, and they welcomed you in. And uh, it was it, it was a, kind of a sense of relief to see, to see a community like that. Um, so I, I definitely had a great time at that first conference. Um, and, and like I said, I had the unique opportunity where I was able to check out the residency fair. Definitely overwhelming if, if you're there for the first time, especially if you don't have a plan of attack um, as far as mapping out the different residencies, where they are, um, going there with a plan as far as what regions are you looking for. Um, if you are sold on one region, do you want to just check out another one just to check it out, um, that type of thing, and then having a, a an itinerary of how you want to do it, and that's that's a big thing for the for the first time fourth year medical student attendees. You you, you should definitely go in there with with a plan of attack, um, for sure. Um, and that, that that's the biggest advice I, I can give for fourth years that have never been there before, looking for their their residency and looking to to meet with the different residency programs. Um, the uh, you know the second third year uh, medical students, I would uh, I would challenge them to to go to the, the congresses, uh, check out what we're doing for uh, policy. Uh, if you've never been involved with parliamentary procedure, come come out. Um, you can write resolutions, you can create policy, uh, you can change the direction of the academy on a variety of, of issues. Um, and it's just really cool that you can go there, write something that you're passionate about, and eventually see it through as academy policy, where an organization that represents over 100,000 members will go out and advocate for something that you have a passion for. 
so that's really, really intriguing, um, especially for the, the um, second and third year medical students that may have never been to this conference before. Um, as far as from the residence standpoint, um, a lot of the residents that go there are going with their residency programs um, as far as uh, helping with recruiting for the residency program. Um, about not not as many of uh, a percentage of residents go there without their residency program just to attend the conference. Um, some have CME money, they go to the conference, uh, they go to check it out, um, but, a, but a majority of the residents that go there are, are exhibiting with, with their residency program. So that kind of limits uh, what uh, the residents have as far as time to go out and check out the different workshops, uh, the procedures, to check out the poster presentations, to go to the resident congress, to check out uh, what we're doing as far as policy making um, and the issues that residents currently face. Um, but uh, again, for the residents uh, that are that are involved with their with their residency programs, I would I would say if you have any free time, definitely go check out a workshop or two. Um, check out the the congress uh, if you have an idea that you're passionate about and it's not being currently ad addressed or not being addressed in a, in a way that you want it to be by the academy. Go write a resolution um, and see if you can get it supported and passed through the congress. Um, that that's the way we're able to to change change things and how we're able to get our ideas out there to the academy um, and make sure that our voice is known. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a great variety of, uh, of workshops out there, kind of like hands-on type of things, and this uh, is especially great for students, uh, especially when they when they first go and uh, uh, get to get to do stuff. Uh, I remember my uh, some of my first uh, uh, conferences to go there and you know, and, and to just, you know, get hands-on on things, clinical things, and, and to learn a little bit as well, um, like you were saying. Um, and, you know, they, they have a lot of, uh, you know, from the educational standpoint, a lot of, uh, you know, career tracks um, out there or, or themes, you know, like career planning, clinical skills, health policy, and advocacy. And just to let people know, I mean, if you want to get more information on this, just go to aafp.org slash nc for national conference, aafp.org slash nc. And, you know, the, the workshops are, you know, career planning, clinical skills, health policy and advocacy, leadership development, practice management, and it's a, a whole variety of things. And, um, you know, Kevin, you being on the committee, I mean, the selection committee, I mean, you guys, you know, probably had a lot of, uh, you know, different, you know, workshops and sessions to choose from, and, and, and the, the ones on the schedule are probably, you know, the best of the best, and uh, uh, I can't emphasize that more. These are kind of the, the best teachers out there, the people that are most passionate about what they're presenting, um, and it's just a, it, it's, it's a great meeting to just kind of, you know, learn a lot more, have a little fun, um, and ask a lot of questions, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, uh, and going from uh, from so many um, submissions for um, programming um, to narrow that down to 55 topics um, and, and a relatively a few uh, a procedure courses that we can offer uh, was probably the most difficult task, I would say, for the planning committee because so many submissions are coming from such highly, highly qualified individuals um, and groups of individuals from uh, high-functioning residency programs offering topics that May may or may not have ever been um, presented at the national conference, and going through those and keeping in mind that uh, we have a conference theme of social justice and family medicine, turning advocacy into action, keeping that in mind that we do need um, theme um, types of programming, and uh, because of that, uh, we you know we need to have a percentage that we uh, base our uh, selection on for that specific 
theme, whereas if we had a different theme another year, maybe we would have selected some other uh, workshop proposals. So there's a lot that goes into figuring out the uh, the, the uh, programming um, every single year. This is a, a, a difficult choice for every chair that's ever ever done the planning for this conference. The staff does a very good job at uh, at uh, at helping us out and directing us as far as uh, what um, previous uh, feedback submissions have shown that residents and students want in the programming, what has been lacking in the past, and even resolutions that have come forward in our congresses. Uh, some residents and students will ask for specific programming to be done at the national conference, and we do research this, uh, and we do take that into account, and if it's uh, important enough that it, it went through the congress and it was passed and it was adopted, and it's up to us to, to find that specific programming um, to meet the needs of our resident and student members that, that uh, did go and uh, create a, a resolution to have passed forth and, uh, and show that this is specifically important to us and we want uh, programming to that effect. So some of the programming in, in the conference is reflective of actions that have been uh, taken by uh, the resident student congresses in the past, as well as the feedback forms, uh, and I would encourage anyone that's attending to fill out the feedback forms to help us with programming in the future. Um, and then we take all of that into account into the, the workshop proposals and, and selecting them uh, for for our final uh, final programming. Yeah, I'm looking at the website now, and uh, you know, specifically under clinical skills, they have very cool things um, like wilderness medicine, which which is very cool. I like that. Um, chest x-ray interpretation, especially for medical students who have never even seen a chest x-ray before or, or kind of, you know, curious about it. Um, uh, EKG, ECG interpretation, uh, maternal care, uh, procedures in family medicine, um, skin condition, that's always a popular one, uh, sports medicine emergencies, that's always a popular one, and, and, and especially for, uh, you know, for, for residents uh, and, and especially students, I mean, you know, I, they even have these procedure skill courses and, and musculoskeletal clinics. Some of them, um, you know, do, do require a fee, but, uh, you know, most of these things on the schedule do not, uh, like wilderness medicine, EKG interpretation, that type of thing. And, uh, and that usually gets you, that's usually, the, those type of workshops are, are very popular. Um, you know, and career planning, that, that's, that's more for, I think, more for, uh, uh, you know, the, the senior level students and residents. Um, applying for residency, um, how to choose the right residency for you, fellowships in family medicine, uh, minority special interests, roundtable discussion, negotiating a fair employment agreement, rural medicine, working with the underserved. Um, uh, here, this is interesting. I, this might be a new one. How to plan, prepare for, and maximize an international health elective, which I'm seeing more and more students take advantage of. Uh, now and those are those are just a, a couple of, of of the categories there um, that that is just very interesting and, and that's one of the, the great things about family medicine is just it's so diverse um, in 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 what family medicine does what family physicians do um, and it's interesting you know, you know people in those certain areas who are passionate about things like uh, wilderness medicine or or women's issues or that type of thing and uh, uh, that that kind of gives a, a very great snapshot and, and showcases uh, you know the the best that family medicine has to offer for for medical students and for residents absolutely um, and uh, taking into account uh, the feedback that we have gotten um, and and, and uh, the resident student uh, congresses 
looking at the programming you see right there that you mentioned, sports medicine, there was a there was a, um, a couple of uh, feedback submissions last year saying there wasn't enough sports medicine. So now we have sports medicine emergencies back in the programming. Wilderness was was another thing that people wanted wanted this year, and they got it. Um, as well as the uh, scheduling international electives, that's very important. Global health has been increasingly important over the past several years for programming. So now we have these sessions. So like I said before, um, if residents and students want specific programming and they don't see it, their feedback is taken into consideration when we're planning this conference. Uh, one of the biggest things for on the resident side, as the resident chair I had to take into account, was uh, that, that some residents feel like a, lot, a large majority of the conference is more catered towards medical students. So because of that feedback we got, we, uh, uh, we made it a point to, to have the transitioning into practice track, to have more things about fellowships. Uh, put into the, the scheduling, um, and that's reflective of the desires of the residents that felt like uh, there wasn't as much programming geared towards residents. So we take we take your your thoughts and your feedback into consideration. We make sure that we create a conference that takes into account everybody everybody's feedback, but knowing you know, just looking at the program right there, I'm seeing the broad scope of family medicine, um, and it, it's just so hard to kind of uh, create a programming that's truly reflect, reflective of family medicine, and that's that's virtually impossible um, considering how many different types of practice environments are out there, um, rural versus uh, urban, suburban, global health, international, military. There's, there's so many different practice environments and so many um, different uh, broad scopes of uh, practice that are out there, private practice, academics. So um, because there's so many varieties, that's why, that's why I, I wanted to make mention of how difficult the selection process was as far as um, putting this uh, programming together. Uh, you mentioned that social justice is, is, is the theme of the conference, and uh, of course, each uh, each year the theme changes. And just to kind of highlight some, some of the uh, sessions in, in, in that section, one is called uh, Medicine, Public Health, and Social Justice: The, the Justice of Risk uh, Assignment, uh, and that is a that sounds very very complex, but it sounds very very interesting. There's another one called Social Determinants of Health and Health Equity. I know. Uh, in the blogosphere and in in, in, uh, in in the medicine community uh, on social media right now, social determinants of health is, is something that is is hugely discussed. Um, that's going to be a great session, um, and also uh, a session on social media and social justice advocacy, which I'm very excited about because I'm going to be presenting that uh, with uh, with my good friend Jay Lee from uh, California, and uh, and a, a shameless plug uh, to go uh, to that their kids. Uh, it's Thursday at 11 a.m. and 2:30 uh, p.m. And uh, we're going to be talking about social media. We're going to talk about social media, uh, family medicine, and uh, social justice. And uh, by far, uh, and I know, you, Kevin, you can't say anything, so don't say anything. But by far, I think it's going to be the best session of the whole conference. And uh, so, be, so you definitely have to be there. Uh, and uh, I think it's room 2208. So put it on the calendars right now. Uh, but but I do, seriously, I do, I do want to thank the, uh, the selection committee for uh, uh, for, for putting us on the program, uh, even though uh, you know I shamelessly uh, promoted it on this show, uh, not that everybody should do that, uh, but uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a very, ex- <laughs> very exciting thing for us to kind of put together. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, <laughs> shameless plugs, as always. Um, but uh, I also wanted to point out that, that uh, those are just the, um, the, the workshops that we selected um, for the general workshops. We also have a wide variety of main stage speakers um, that are going to be uh, featured on our main stage um, from our opening session um, to our, uh, our Stephen Jackson Memorial Lecture. 
um, as well as our closing, closing uh, main stage session. Um, and, and those are all uh, world-renowned physicians that are coming in to, uh, to talk about uh, specifically uh, themes in social justice and well, what they've done uh, in a variety of different practice environments to help strengthen uh, their communities um, and uh, to help with uh, specifically uh, social justice, uh, and not only in family medicine but in primary care overall. So we're really excited about all the, uh, the featured uh, lecturers uh, and uh, featured speakers uh, during our uh, main stage presentations. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to find those here on the website because I was I was looking at them the other day and uh, uh, that's got got to be uh, very difficult to uh, to try to uh, um, select you know those type of main stage speakers as well because uh, um, you know they're they're usually kind of the uh, the uh, well actually not usually but they're always they're always the, the superstars in the family medicine the family medicine community um, and especially with uh, with this year's a theme of uh, social justice, um, that uh, I'm still trying to find. Uh, I'll probably find it in the midst of our conversation here. <laughs> um, like well, I can, but, I can talk about them uh, right now uh, specifically. Um, yeah, go have, ahead. Uh, Dr. Uh, Gloria Wilder. Um, she also has a master's in public health. Um, she's actually um, uh, involved with a variety of projects in the uh, in the D.C. area. Um, and uh, she's been featured on the Oprah Winfrey Show. She's been on 48 Hours and Dateline. Um, and she she's uh, mainly involved with um, uh, generational poverty and all the uh, injustices involved with that. Um, and and she, uh, she's actually involved in pediatrics, um, but she's, she's highly involved with the primary, primary care community um, and is a high-profile physician, um, like I said, on all those different uh, main, mainstream shows um, that, that her work has been featured on. So we're really excited about her opening, um, opening our conference uh, with her main stage session. Um, and then uh, on Friday, the second day of the conference, we have a panel presentation with uh, a few physicians, um, one of them being Dr. Uh, Richard Kovar. Uh, he, he's our uh, AFP 2012 Family Physician of the Year. Um, he was actually featured uh, at, the, at the Congress last year. Um, and uh, and he, he's a guy that, that works up the University of Washington that did a lot of uh, global health um, efforts, Ethiopia, Cambodia, um, Thailand, um, as well as uh, Romania. So he's been all over the world um, and, and, and trying to provide uh, uh, family medicine, primary care services to underserved areas and showing the world the value of primary care and family medicine specifically as a specialty. Um, so he'll be part of, uh, of the panel um, during that. Uh, Dr. Flores, um, she's a director at UCSF uh, Fresno um, Latino Center for Medical Education and Research. Um, and and she, uh, she's been uh, uh, exhibiting um, uh, in a, a number of uh, areas, um, specifically uh, with uh, um, uh, bilingual female physicians um, in, in practice. Um, so she's, she's uh, uh, her main focus is to the underserved community um, and increasing the number of Latino and other um, underrepresented minorities in the health professions. So she's uh, doing her part as far as uh, increasing the, the um uh, the, the growth of uh, Latinos in in, uh, in medicine and also family medicine, and then rounding out that panel is uh, Dr. David Buck. Uh, he also has an MPH, um, and he's president and founder of Healthcare for the Homeless in Houston, um, with uh, over 30 community agencies that he has going um, and uh, caring for more than 10,000 homeless men, women, and children. Um, so we're we're very excited about having his experience on that panel. Like like you can see, a, a wide variety of uh, of, uh, of different practice uh, environments uh, featured on that panel, mainly dealing with social justice and, and uh, inequities. 
And then closing our session is uh, a former AAFP president, um, Dr. Richard Roberts. Uh, he's uh, the president of WONCA, the World Organization of Family Doctors. Um, that's a 120-member organization, 99 countries, and representing over 250,000 uh, GPs and uh, family docs uh, around the world. Um, so that, that's very, very exciting to have him um, closing out our, uh, our conference as far as our last main stage session. He has a, a wide variety of experiences in many different countries around the world, um, dealing with primary care, family medicine, um, and creating uh, family medicine as a foundation in, in, in those countries and to emphasize the, the, uh, uh, the, the importance of primary care as, as, uh, as the backbone of any health care system in any country. So we're very excited about him closing out our conference. Um, and then that, that's pretty much our, our main stage sessions. Uh, we also brought in uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Paula Braverman also with, uh, with an MPH. Uh, she's going to be presenting on Friday in one of our featured workshops. Uh, she deals mostly with uh, um, uh, uh, health disparities, uh, uh, World Health Organization, and that, that type of thing. So we're excited about having her. And then, of course, we have the leadership presentations. Dr. Stream, uh, the president, AAFP Prez, on uh, Twitter. Uh, he'll be uh, presenting about the AAFP's initiatives in health care reform. And then we have a really exciting presentation um, titled Changing the Tire at 80 Miles Per Hour, Leadership in the Face of Change. And that's uh, by our former um, uh, uh, AAFP president, Dr. Ted Epperly, um, who was highly involved with uh, Healthcare reform, as it was going down in Washington, um, being called upon by the president, uh, uh, you know Barack, Barack Obama, on the spot um, to give his thoughts about healthcare reform as a family doctor, um, and then was involved with many, many um, uh, publications, and he's still involved with uh, many things. Just published a book called Fractured, um, which was released in January. So we're excited about him, and he's uh, on the panel on the panel with Dr. Lori Heim, who's our um, uh, immediate board chair and. Uh, president in 2009 of the AAFP, uh, and uh, they're, they're both uh, retired um, military. Um, Dr. Epperly was uh, Army, um, and uh, Dr. Heim uh, was, uh, was Air Force, and they were both uh, retired colonels. So we're really excited about having their, their thoughts about uh, advocacy, and, uh, and that, that's going to be a, an intense session, and I, and I encourage anyone who's interested in leadership to, to attend their, their presentation um, uh, Friday afternoon and Saturday morning. So it's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah, I started uh, reading Dr. Epperly's book, uh, Fractured, America's Broken Healthcare System and What We Must Do uh, to Heal It. Um, and it's a, it's a fascinating read. I've only started reading it, and uh, I've been trying to uh, get him on the show here to talk about that book, um, which should be fascinating. So um, so now I'm going to go to, to his session. I'm also going to talk a little bit about his book and uh, be fabulous to try to get him on the show here. And I've known Dr. Heim uh, for, for a long time. She's been one of my uh, mentors, leadership mentors, uh, and, uh, and a friend of mine, and uh, that's just going to be a fabulous session. And anybody who... You know what wants to really you know you know see you know family docs and you know and and who you know who have made a change and are passionate about the specialty passionate about patients you should go to that uh you know session either on uh, friday um, or saturday um but in in addition to 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 going uh, to sessions and things you know that there there's always you know community service activities. Uh, you know that the resident students can can uh, can take part in, um, and, and it's uh, always interesting. You know that uh, you know that that uh, there's always stories about people donating blood, and it's going to happen again this year. Um, and uh, uh, it, on the website here, it says uh, they want to reach a goal of 100 pints uh, for the uh, community blood center of Greater Kansas City. 
the sessions will be uh, Friday 10 to 3 and Saturday uh, 10 to 1. And uh, they're a booth uh, 2036. And uh, the other thing that uh, the AFP Foundation um, is going to be having at their booth is something called Help Children of Haiti. And uh, reading from the website here, it says, After the devastating earthquake of uh, January 2010, the people of Haiti still struggle every day, and uh, children orphanages and schools survive uh, with next to nothing. Help the AEFP Foundation improve the lives of these children by giving a donation or donating school supplies, colored pencils, pens, crayons, and markers. And I know those uh, two activities are very popular uh, during the meeting. I, I know that in the big exhibit hall there, you know, they sometimes make announcements about uh, um, you know, where they're at as far as their blood donations and things, and it's, it's, a, I mean, it, it's a it's a small thing that attendees can can do, but you know definitely you know is in that social justice and service uh, uh, type of uh, attitude and, and something that that uh, students and residents can do you know actually during the meeting. Definitely, and uh, I would encourage anyone that that's going to help uh, the children in Haiti in the booth uh, at the foundation to check out all the many different things that the foundation is also doing. Um, besides that, um, Tar Wars uh, being one of them, Aim High, uh, just a, a, a couple of the many programs that the foundation does um, to help uh, a variety of problems, uh, not only in our country but around the world. Um, they're they're setting up clinics uh, both uh, here in the underserved areas. They're they're helping serve uh, set up clinics uh, abroad. Um, and, and that's with with the generous donations given by membership, including our residents and students that uh, give not only uh, throughout the year but at the at the conference. Um, so there's definitely more opportunities than those listed there um, to help with the foundation and all their efforts. And then they're as, as a as a foundation as a organization um, heavily involved with social justice. Um, by far um, one of our uh, most charitable and philanthropic organizations um, in the country, um, I would say. Um, so I would definitely take a visit at the booth, see what other opportunities there are to, to help uh, donate or support uh, the different efforts that the foundation is doing. Um, I guess on the line here is uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, a uh, family medicine resident from the Naval Hospital in Pensacola, and he's on Twitter at uh, BernieMD31 and uh, also the resident chair um, of uh, the meeting this year. And, um, you know, to, to uh, it's always fun talking about the social type of things. And, uh, and uh, I remember talking with you, you know, during the opening social, which will take place on, on Thursday night there. Um, and it says on the website there that, uh, you know, it's just a, it, it's, it's uh, uh, well, I, I guess it, it's hard to really describe what it is. You kind of have to be there because it's just there's so many people there. The, if people have never been to Kansas City exhibit, uh, a convention center before he's just huge there's just so many people there he gets so loud you meet a lot of people um and and that is a a great uh, opening social there and then the, the 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 conference celebration takes place on the friday night and it says on the website here it'll be at the midland theater um and it says uh, there's a band called the zeros kansas city's ultimate uh new wave 80s band at the midland theater and um uh, I, I'm looking forward to that because I, I haven't been to a, uh, a, a national conference in a while, and it, it's always fun going to the the big social events and uh, and to you know meet the people that you may have met in a, in a uh, in a workshop or at a residency booth or you know uh, you know <laughs> walking over from the hotel or 
or that type of thing. I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of, you know, business and, and uh, um, learning that happens during the national conference, but there's nothing like, you know, getting you know, a bunch of residents and students together um, and having a good time, networking. Um, and, you know, truly, you know, I, I had met people at this meeting that had been my friends for life, and uh, it's, just, it's just a great opportunity just to kind of, you know, uh, meet new people and, and to, especially with social media angle now, to, uh, uh, to get to chat with them a little bit. And it really is a fun time, especially the opening social. Uh, as a fourth-year student uh, going there looking for your residency program, uh, trying to make a first impression, um, going there and having an opening social that's more informal. Um, this year's theme is Olympic theme, so addressing your, your favorite uh, favorite Olympic uh, team or uh, country or athlete or whatever the case may be, um, so to go along with the theme. Uh, but to kind of lighten things up, make it a little bit more informal, um, so as you're near you're going up there as a fourth-year student, you're not intimidated. Uh, you're able to see that the residents are able to have some fun, the, the faculty, uh, the program directors, uh, and all, all of those involved with those residency programs are able to, to loosen up and, uh, you know, ha- have a good time. Uh, and and uh, I, I would say appear more approachable um, uh, in, in that, you know, they're, they're dressed up, they're, uh, they're competing for the best uh, best booth and the best uh, dressed-up booth for their, for their theme. So uh, the, some of them go all out and uh, they, they do a really interesting and creative job uh, with, with their booth decoration. Uh, but it, it's always a great time and uh, with our free T-shirts and uh, past years we've had photo booths where you, you, you were able to go up with a group of people and take some uh, interesting photos uh, with uh, different props that uh, they put up there. So always, always a good time, great networking opportunity, a more informal environment, um, uh, and, and just, just to kind of lighten the mood up and, and get people talking to each other. Uh, and and that, that I feel is a great way to get the exhibit hall opened up uh, that, that first night. As far as the uh, celebration, we uh, moved it to the Midland last year, and very, very good venue. Um, having the, the band up in the stage in the front uh, uh, in, in the theater, which it, architecturally, the theater is beautiful. Um, so you go in there, you have a good time, uh, watch the band. Uh, and then outside you have the lobby area, so if you don't want to be in front of the loud, mouth, loud music all night, you can go out and interact with other residents and students and faculty and all those uh, involved with the conference. So many opportunities that night. Uh, if you go there, you're able to get, uh, uh, I think, a, a voucher uh, for the Power and Light District, which the Midlands right uh, right down the street from uh, the Power and Light Districts downtown Kansas City. Uh, definitely more built up. Uh, I don't know uh, the last time um, you, you were out there um, compared to other conferences, but uh, a lot more to do downtown Kansas City. Uh, a lot more opportunities for restaurants and clubs and uh, outdoor activities. Uh, so really, really built up uh, over the past few years and, and definitely a, a good scene to go out. Uh, and and there, will, there will be a voucher um, for, for those in attendance to, to get some good specials uh, when they go out downtown. Um, and I didn't even know this, uh, I, and I found a section uh, about the uh, expo hall, the exposition hall specifically, and it says on the website here that uh, um, that there are more than 300 residency programs from across the nation, uh, practice opportunities, speak with more than 50 physician employers. You can't uh, find more of those two, you know, people in one place. Uh, fellowship opportunities, last year over 60 exhibitors offered fellowship opportunities, um, you can buy textbooks there, um, uh, medical missions. You can find out more about in, international opportunities. Um, so just the, the, the expo hall itself um, 
is just uh, if you've never been there, it's just it's it's just miles and miles of walking. Uh, but there's nowhere else in the country. There's nowhere other opportunity that you will have, um, especially as a medical student, to get you know all the residency programs um, in one place and talk to them one on one. I mean, sure you can do some research, you know, online and that type of thing. But this is the only place you're going to get you know all these residency programs in family medicine in one place. And if you're a resident, I mean. Yeah, I didn't know they had, you know, so many physician employer opportunities, you know, out there on the floor. Uh, so if you're able to tear away a little bit from your uh, from your residency booth and, and look around a little bit, I encourage you to, to go out there and, and at least talk to, you know, physician employers and, and, and see kind of what opportunities are, are out there because there are so many different opportunities in so many different parts of the country um, to do your own research on that would just take forever. Why don't just... Uh, take some time uh, from your residency booth uh, to kind of explore a little bit and see what opportunities are there across the country. So this, just the expo hall itself is just, is just you know, rich with information and people um, to, to ask questions and to explore a little bit about your career path, whether you're a medical student or a resident. Yeah, so the, as you were saying, the largest um, uh, expo hall for residents and medical students out of any specialty, out of any organization in the entire United States. Um, so uh, it's it's really incredible. Uh, that's why I said earlier, you have to have a plan of attack if you're going there um, to look at different things. Um, for the residents that are graduating, looking for practice opportunities, again, um, uh, uh, a reflection of the feedback that we were getting um, to increase the amount of, uh, of resident opportunities to do at the conference, um, practice opportunities, even as a second-year second, second year resident, uh, an intern, a fellow, um, going out and checking out the different opportunities from academics to private practice um, to large uh, employers uh, like Kaiser or Geisinger or all the way, um, all the way down to different uh, smaller um, practices or businesses that are looking to recruit family physicians all over the country. Uh, so very good opportunities um, for, for residents looking for practice opportunities. The fellowships also, um, the number of fellowship opportunities that are also available at the different residency programs and standalone fellowships. There, there are a lot of them represented there. Um, we don't have all the, the residencies uh, represented, but we have a large majority. And, and like I said, this is the largest uh, residency there out of any specialty, out of any organization. So definitely uh, intense uh, as a first-time attendee, as I said before, um, even as a resident, uh, to kind of take it all in, figure out where you need to go. Um, but uh, a really, really good time as far as, uh, as, far as not only networking, but, but looking for you the next step in your career. Um, and I did want to give a, a, a sh- another shameless plug for, for a, a session I'm going to be involved with, but uh, uh, other networking things. I mean, there is a uh, there's an FMIG breakfast, family medicine interest group breakfast, uh, uh, especially for student leaders. That's going to be on Friday, uh, and also a, a resident breakfast that's going to be on on Saturday morning. Um, and uh, I'm taking part in what is called um, in the social media world the uh, the ignite. Uh, session for AAFP, which I've never done before, and uh, it is uh, basically, it's five minutes, um, you get 20 slides, and you get uh, 15 seconds per slide, um, and then you tell a story there uh, uh, during those uh, five minutes, and, uh, you know, looking at the website here, you know, some of the, some of the topics, you know, are things like the many faces of the family doctor, um, um, unstacking the deck, social determinants of health for underserved, uh, urban populations, um, family physician training fit to serve, 
uh, the skills and tools needed for a long-term success in uh, family medicine. Uh, and of course, I'll be talking about the social media during that uh, during that session. And if you're a resident out there, um, there is limited seating for this. And uh, I know it's early in the morning, but uh, 7 a.m. Uh, but uh, you're not going to get you know uh, you know better storytelling than than these presenters here, who who I know. Uh, so, sir, it, I encourage you to uh, to check out that resident breakfast, uh, you know, uh, Friday morning. Um, and and uh, if for anything, I'll see if I mess up uh, and, <laughs> and screw things up. Uh, but it's going to be a, a very interesting session. Uh, a lot of great storytelling from those family physician leaders um, uh, during that uh, during that uh, Friday morning session. Yeah, the the Ignite Breakfast was a huge hit last year. Uh, we've only been doing the Resident Breakfast for a few years, and this is the only sec- this is only going to be the second year that we're doing the uh, the Ignite um, program. Um, but it was a, a huge hit. The residents really loved it last year. Like you said, five minutes, twenty slides um, on auto advance. So, <laughs> ho- hope you have your timing down, um, and uh, you have your case to make your you make your uh, case as far as your practice and tell your story. Um, and after uh, you know 7 a.m. in the morning, after the uh, opening social um, from the night before, you need you need to make sure that no one falls asleep out there. So uh, uh, they, <laughs> they really appreciated it. Um, they liked the speaker and story diversity. They loved the Q&A at the end of it um, to to have a chance to talk with the different uh, people and different uh, docs presenting over there. Um, so it was it was a great hit last year. We're really looking forward to it. We really enjoy the lineup um, as well this year with the different varieties of, uh, of physicians that will be presenting. So definitely looking forward to it. Only room for 110 residents. So uh, probably want to want to show up a, a few minutes early to that one. Um, but uh, again, very very good presentation uh, last year, and really looking forward to what the what, what you guys have to offer this year. Great, no pressure, no pressure. It's, it's all, it's no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> oh, uh, my guest on the line here is Dr. Kevin Bernstein, second-year resident at Naval Hospital in Pensacola, uh, and follow him on Twitter at BernieMD31. Also, check out uh, his blog. He has a great team of bloggers over there, futureoffamilymedicine.blogspot.com. Uh, and then my final section of questions here, Kevin, I know I, I really want to uh, talk about you know what you're really passionate about, which is basically leadership. Uh, and uh, you, you, you alluded a little bit uh, before at the beginning of the show, but uh, um, yeah, I, I guess kind of starting out, uh, you know, again in this section uh, as far as um, you know, family medicine leadership, um, and we'll get into running for elections and things in a little bit. But uh, you know, why, why do you think that, that that residents and students, you know, that they really need to 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 get involved and be involved and um, into you know uh, being advocates for our patients. Uh, why why is that important to you, and why should that be important to other people? Well, going into medicine, it should be a, a, a huge importance uh, to anybody in medicine, really, um, because as seeing patients in the community, in the hospital, wherever the case may be, you might be the first-line advocate for many of the patients you see in there in, in the community. Um, so advocacy needs to be um, in there as far as, uh, as something that needs to be uh, a part of you as, as a physician. You're, you're a patient advocate. You're advocating for their health, not only personally to them, um, but, but uh, within the population that you serve. Uh, so naturally, uh, you, you should want to be involved with advocacy um, at the grassroots level, um, in your state chapter, or even at the national level. 
So having the opportunity to go to the conference, you have the, the unique opportunity to get involved with national policy making and uh, getting involved with other uh, leaders and becoming a leader at, at either the resident or student congress. Uh, some people start out at the, in the student congress and develop there, and some some start out in the resident congress. They never got involved with uh, the policy making. They never got involved with parliamentary procedure before. And as a resident, even if they're a third year resident or a fellow, it's their first time going to the congress. Um, for 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 whatever the reason may be, if it's an interest, if if they were elected by their state uh, organization to be the state delegate, and that's their first time going, um, or there there are many that are involved uh, for many years um, and, and had that passion earlier on, but it's never too late to start, um, and it, and it's it's not uh, not something that we want people to stop doing either. Uh, so if, once you're involved, we want to keep people involved, and uh, and if you're not involved, we want to get them involved. So, uh, you know, you're only as good as the leaders you, you bring behind you. Um, so we want to make sure that the uh, the established leaders are, are helping foster leadership development, mentoring other uh, students and residents out there, um, and bringing them into the into the leadership pool and uh, developing them into leaders, uh, not only in the organization but within their community. Um, and many of us may go on to be medical directors uh, involved with public health in, within the hospital, within the, their states. Um, so a, a lot of this, uh, you know, developing earlier on in your career is going to be quite beneficial. As far as uh, as far as the resident congress is concerned, uh, I'm very excited about my uh, my my stab at parliamentary procedure. A big shout out to uh, Jay Lee uh, who recently uh, took his stab at it at the uh, National Conference for Special Constituencies. Uh, so uh, I, I know he he had his, his uh, unique experience of, of leading that, um, and it will definitely be an interesting time. But I I definitely. I'm very appreciative of all the help that I'm getting um, and support from uh, other resident leaders from around the country. One of them being in your chat room right now is going to give me a, a huge help uh, and is going to be a, a good advocate for uh, for not only fostering leaders uh, but uh, identifying, finding, and uh, encouraging other leaders to, to come and rise to the occasion. So very excited about parliamentary procedure. Um, it'll be interesting, but uh, we'll get through it. Uh, we'll have some uh, resolutions come forward. We'll have some extracted, I'm sure, and uh, we'll, we'll get through the sessions, and we'll, we'll hopefully uh, be able to create, create change, policy, or programming for our academy. So say uh, say uh, you know resident or a student you know it's their first time at the meeting or it's their first time at a business session or at a uh, congress uh, session and uh, you know they they start to get mad they start to get excited they start to feel empowered and and they want to do more and and you know and and they feel like they can change the world but what uh, well, what kind of advice that uh, you have or or to try to guide them on on how to you know, kind of learn the rules and learn kind of what to do in those sessions. So understanding that uh, there's going to be, you know, uh, my first time I wanted to go out there and change the world too. I wanted to make make the changes necessary to give health care to all, to make sure everyone was healthy, had a primary care family physician, um, and that we'd all, we'd all be uh, in the uh, we, we'd all be prosperous and, and uh, live lives to the fullest. Um, and whatever programming, whatever m- amount of money we need to spend, we need to uh, we need to do it. Um, but now, being involved after a very long time, I know that the uh, the academy is is uh, is definitely a large shift. It's a carrier. You you can't just spin a carrier around uh, in you know, 180 degrees and expect it to go the other way right away. Um, it, it takes time to move it. Um, it takes uh, a lot of parts, a lot of players, uh, a lot of a lot of crew. 
to, to, to get involved in, the, in turning the ship around, to going in a direction that maybe you don't know where you're going in, the, in order to navigate it appropriately. So the, the Academy is, is, a huge, is a huge ship. And, then, and, and knowing that uh, we have limitations, monetary limitations, staff limitations, um, and, and membership uh, interests. Not every member has the same interests as you. So taking into account that everyone has their unique perspective on things, um, whether it's their political beliefs or uh, religious beliefs, and just knowing that uh, there, there are other sides to the story, uh, whether or not uh, it's the same side or not. But going to the Congress and creating a resolution um, for your first time and going up there and just presenting it, going to the, uh, the reference committee hearings, seeing the testimony from all sides and all approaches of each resolution. And it's definitely a humbling experience. Uh, it was for me um, when, when, uh, when I was uh, starting out uh, because, you know, my, my viewpoints on certain things weren't the same as others. Um, and, and being on the national stage there, you, you for some people, you learn for the first time that not everyone, you know, wants the same thing for, for everybody. So it's definitely humbling. Um, it, it definitely uh, puts things into perspective for sure. And it helps you understand uh, the, the functions of the academy. Um, and and this is going to happen to you um, sometime during the meeting. Um, and talk a little bit about the logistics of, you know, of, of you know, running for office. And, you know, the, they're going to come up to you and say, Kevin, you know, I feel I feel like I can make a difference. You know, I think that this leadership position would really fit me. Um, you know, what what kind of stuff do I need to do to try to, you know, you know, um, you know, get all the check marks as far as you know your resume and your and if you need a speech or or that type of stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So anyone interested in uh, running for elections of our of our elected positions at national conference, there are a few steps that you need to ensure that you've had uh, taken care of. Um, for number one, as a student or resident, you need to make sure that the dean of your medical school or your program director is going to let you be away for the amount of time that you need for the different positions because there is a time commitment involved. Um, now, for for all the positions, uh, you, you do get reimbursed for your travel, so it's not really as much of a monetary thing, but uh, the amount of time that you need for certain positions, uh, some program directors or some medical student, uh, medical school deans or uh, or faculty might get overwhelmed by the amount of time that you might be leaving. So knowing that uh, knowing that limitation uh, ahead of time is very helpful, um, especially uh, when considering which position to, to run for. Because if they say, oh, you can only be away for two weeks, then some positions that are requiring more time than two weeks, you might need to consider uh, not running for that position or running for something else. Um, you do need a letter of support from your chapter, which for most chapters, I'm pretty sure if, if you're specifically for your medical student um, looking to run for an election, you're not going to find many chapters that are going to say, no, you can't run for an election. So getting a, a letter of support from your chapter is, is usually uh, pretty simple. You just go up to your, um, if, if you're, if you have a, a state chapter like Pennsylvania where I where I went through, um, you have uh, student resident initiatives people um, as well as uh, executives that are that are highly receptive to residents and students. They're very easily easily approachable um, to get the the letter uh, sent out to the AFP. Um, and then the other thing that you need to do is you have to have a letter of interest. So just typing up something of why you're interested in the position, um, examples of things you've done in the past, and why you'd uh, make a good fit for that position. So that's that's something you need, as well as a CV, um, which uh, is, is a type of resume, um, highlighting the different uh, things you've done throughout your career. 
um, as a medical student, undergrad, whatever the case may be. I would spe- I specifically tailor mine towards family medicine. So most of anything that I've done in family medicine uh, for my CV for elections is on there because you're only limited to two pages, which for, for some who have been at, at it for a while is very difficult. Um, so narrowing it down to the most important things um, and tailoring it to, to the position that you're running for um, is, is key, um, especially since <laughs> there's a lot of uh, candidates some years. So all the delegates going from del- you know, from um, candidate to candidate have very limited time to look over your things. So knowing your action words and knowing the key things to, to write out so that uh, things don't go unnoticed. So they only, don't only look at your um, your CV for 30 seconds and they, they forget to see that, that you did something really incredible in your life that uh, they, they just glazed over and missed. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it uh, as far as strategically looking at uh, the things you've done getting the required paperwork in and uh, getting ready. And then, of course, there's your speech. Um, and uh, for, for all the nationally elected positions, uh, you need to get your speech together. Um, and uh, for, for most of them, they're two to three minutes. Um, and then for the board, uh, they're a little bit longer. So looking forward to the elections. I'm looking forward to seeing what candidates are, are going to be involved and uh, preparing my own little packet right now on getting that for, uh, for for the position that I'll be running for as well. Really? All right. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, I guess on the line here is Dr. Kevin Bernstein. Uh, and uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, BernieMD31. And uh, check out futureoffamilymedicine.blogspot.com. Um, in our remaining moments here, I did want to talk about social media a little bit. And, um, you know, I remember, you know, two years ago when you were at the meeting, I think you were the only one tweeting uh, at that meeting. Uh, but uh, uh, now things have, you know, two years is, uh, is a long time and a short time, especially in the AFP uh, community. Um, so, uh, you know, I made this bold prediction uh, earlier this week that uh, I think that, that this meeting coming up uh, will be uh, the most uh, – uh, social networky uh, uh, meeting uh, for uh, students and residents, and I really believe that. Um, you know, and, and and you've been you know around social media for for a little bit here, and, and kind of seen uh, it kind of blossom in the AFP community. Um, you know, are, are you seeing you know you know like your colleagues? Are you seeing more medical students you know utilizing you know social media platforms? Maybe. Not professionally, but but personally, is it, is it really kind of out there now that that we really all think it is? Well, I think that uh, for one, Facebook is more uh, more along the lines of personal usage um, for sure. Um, and I, I've kind of started realizing that uh, as as much as I like to post my uh, professional stuff on Facebook, uh, I, I've realized that uh, posting more of that stuff to um, to uh, Google Plus, um, Twitter. Obviously, and uh, LinkedIn, um, I felt it's been a more of an appropriate setting for me to get messages out. Um, but I do find that more, more and more people are using things like LinkedIn and Twitter, um, especially the family medicine community. And uh, I, I would definitely look into uh, proving that your uh, your statement is correct. Uh, I, uh, over the past uh, few months, have, have looked into the different uh, conferences that have happened, the different meetings. I looked at the AMA, um, the med student section, residents, uh, and young, uh, uh, and the, and the um, and the fellowship uh, uh, section there, um, not much coming from that. Uh, from that, as far as Twitter is concerned, uh, I think the AMA was doing a good job uh, from their accounts, but not much coming from the the actual attendees there. Um, as opposed to already 
seeing a uh, number of uh, students and residents getting involved with the national conference, and we're not even at the meeting yet um, for the AAFP. So I, I, I see a, a unique difference there already. Um, also looking at AMSA, uh, AMSA did a, a, very, a very good job this year um, with their social media usage, but again, that was more of the AMSA um, account and not as much of the, the attendees uh, really contributing towards that. Um, so I, I think this year we're going to have a lot more, especially the exhibits, uh, the exhibitors uh, uh, tweeting out, uh, communicating, um, telling people where their booths are, what's going on, um, publicizing the events, uh, if they're having ice cream or, or uh, serving something or having a little uh, 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 competition or whatever the case uh, that, that, that's going on, um, just uh, using those tools um, more and more uh, often. Uh, I, I feel compared to other conferences and other meetings that I've seen, I think already before the, even conference, the conference even started, we were having and, and generating a lot more buzz um, via social media routes, um, even through our Leader Voices blogs and all that other um, stuff that the AFP is, uh, has done over the past couple of years. So I, I think that the AFP, um, the Failing Medicine Community, is well ahead of, um, I would, in my honest opinion, uh, any other specialty uh, in medicine. Uh, yeah, I mean, even the National Academy, you know, they hired specifically some social media uh, people uh, to have those resources uh, on the staff. I, I think that also signifies that they think that it is um, important. Um, and uh, I do want to give a shout-out to people that you know, our, our friends in Pennsylvania, the, the Pennsylvania uh, Academy, the Pennsylvania staff uh, put together a uh, what I think is, uh, is a very important um, social media physician uh, resource uh, guide uh, that was just uh, they just put that on their on their uh, on their site uh, last week and it's been very popular on the Twitter sphere um, and I'm hoping that uh, other uh, state chapters um, and maybe even AFP would look at that and, and maybe adapt that or or to to use that as a template or as an example of uh, something that is needed by AAFP members, whether they be physicians or residents or students or whomever. Um, so it's been really progressing uh, in the past uh, uh, couple of years uh, since I first interviewed you on the floor of the uh, of the exhibit hall there, and it's very exciting, very exciting time right now. Yeah, and that's definitely for sure. Uh, the, the Pennsylvania Academy is uh, is cutting edge and and and, and leading the way. Uh, and I, I think state chapter social media usage, um, creating uh, information for their membership um, and how to get involved. And, and and the number one thing that that you advocate for is is putting your voice out there, putting yourself out there. So it's not just other patients out there. Uh, you know, the number one thing coming up are user reviews and that type of thing. So. Uh, kind of becoming involved in creating your own message rather than letting others create the message for you um, and, and getting that message out there. Um, and, and, and sitting on the board of, uh, of the Pennsylvania Academy, it was very easy um, to, to kind of uh, promote that uh, type of thing uh, for social media. Um, and they, they were very receptive to it, and uh, they hired their own social media people too. Um, and and that, was, that was incredible. Um, very, very, very good organization. Uh, I was very proud to be part of the Pennsylvania Academy when I was there, and uh, I really appreciate the strides that they have made as far as uh, promoting social media usage and, uh, and, and helping take away the stigma that many um, physicians may feel um, come with social media usage, um, even in the hospitals themselves. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to your to the blog, uh, Future of Family Medicine 
www.blogspot.com and uh, people who have not checked that out, I, I will go ahead and you know check that out. There's a lot of great stuff over there, especially things about health policy. Um, and I remember a year ago, Kevin, when you started your intern year, and uh, you wrote this blog post about you know being spread too thin and maybe taking a little bit of a, a break um, from um, social media platforms because when you were a fourth year student, you were everywhere. Uh, but you made that conscious choice, and you talked about it, uh, and very, very transparent about it, about you know how much time it is, and uh, how you need to take a little bit of a break uh, from things. Now, now that you're in second year, um, kind of where where are you at with things uh, right now, as far as your social media presence, and uh, you know the things that uh, other platforms that you are devoting more time to, um, or less time to, um, uh, or are you just still thinking right now since you just finished your intern year? Well, I've definitely been getting more involved over the past couple of months, writing a couple of uh, blog posts, especially with uh, the, the new payment uh, um, increases that we've seen, um, uh, both with CMS and then uh, with the studies done with uh, the 2011 payment structure. So that was really exciting. Um, so I, I got that message out there because it was a, it was a huge uh, advancement for for family medicine, uh, decreasing that pay gap. So I wanted to make sure that I that I was contributing towards that conversation. Uh, so that that was exciting, um, but. Uh, since intern year uh, has ended, uh, only three weeks in, um, I'm, I'm trying to create a, a good good balance of, uh, of of my social media usage, um, kind of pointing the communication in, in different uh, arenas, different areas. Um, I've been uh, getting a little bit more involved with the Student Doctor Network, um, contributing uh, uh, some of the academies uh, things and some of the the, uh, the work that we've done on the blog um, to to that community. Um, when should we? Uh, as of right now, it's uh, I think our third or fourth uh, leading site uh, that that comes through to the blog. Um, so we've really expanded uh, our our audience through that route. Um, and then then uh, balancing that with with life, of course, um, spending you know time at home, home with the wife, with the dog, um, and trying to trying to make that balanced and uh, and balancing that with studying and getting ready for the the next in training exam, and then uh, taking care of myself. Uh, and then you know in the Navy we need to uh, live up to different uh, physical fitness standards uh, rather than uh, versus the uh, civilian world. So uh, we we have our uh, biannual uh, 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 physical fitness uh, assessment. Uh, we we get weighed in, we get measured, we run, we do push ups and sit ups, and uh, and in an effort to pass that. So making sure that I keep up with my uh, my fitness and exercise and diet, um, and that and that that aspect of life, and then. Also, uh, making sure that I'm getting all my work done at work, and uh, and uh, also enjoying life outside of work. So the the, the life, professional, social media, slash uh, national, organizational balance uh, for me has, was a little <laughs> bit difficult during the intern year, um, but now now is a second year um, with a little bit less uh, administrative and, uh, and and paperwork in the background going on. Uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm able to balance things out a little bit better now. Have uh, have patients found you on social, or or do, do have have colleagues seen what you do? I know some residents sometimes are a little hesitant uh, using social, uh, maybe for professional things and keeping it to personal things. Um, have have patients uh, found some of your uh, social media work? Uh, patients really haven't uh, come up to me about uh, some of the social media work. Um, I do have uh, staff around the hospital um, come up to me about my blogging on the Navy Medicine blog. Um, because our uh, our public affairs officer does a good job at uh, making sure that uh, the, the message goes out as far as any time that I, uh, I contribute a blog and are published on, on the blog. 
um, that uh, that our command gets that uh, that uh, the link to the blog so that they can see it. So I do get comments. I do get uh, congrats and and thank you for promoting um, our our command, the Naval Hospital of Pensacola, as well as our our, our mission. So that's really nice uh, that that uh, our our command is is getting the message that uh, social media is helping spread our message, spreading our, our vision and all the great things that we're doing in our command to, to not only the Navy but to the world using social media. So I think in that respect, they're really appreciative of that. Um, as far as patients are concerned, um, I, I, I have not uh, started giving any of, any of my stuff out as far as my, uh, like my Twitter or my, uh, my uh, Google Plus or anything like that yet. Um, I'm not sure. I'm still on the fence as far as, as doing that, as far as promoting it um, to my patients to, to have them follow me. Um, on whatever social um, media network to do, um, so I'm, I'm still I'm still kind of trying to figure out what to do for for that standpoint. Um, yeah. But uh, my, <laughs> you're getting my colleagues uh, involved with uh, with social media, so I'm getting involved um, with with policy. But others just want to get away from the hospital and uh, and uh, want want to just get away from from that uh, that that uh, uh, practice environment and to to hang out and and then do their uh, their outside of hospital slash personal life uh, and 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 they don't get involved and that's okay too um, but I I try to promote it uh, and I, I try to show um, by example what social media can do as far as spreading your message um, and spreading the message of of a specialty um, to to whoever wants to wants to read about it. Um. And I know that, that we've talked about this offline uh, before, um, and just uh, I had just been so uh, pleasantly supply, surprised and pleased um, what has happened, especially in the AFP community when it comes to uh, social media with with the with the Leader of Voices blog and the president being so uh, involved, uh, being proactive about it. Um, and I've just been really, really excited about about uh, interviewing all these board members on the podcast here. It's just been uh, uh, really, really energizing for me, and it, it's it's really um, you know showing me that, uh, that the academy is uh, uh, you know seeing this as a uh, you know viable and a valuable. Uh, communication tool to get the message out for uh, for family medicine and and uh, and I've reached out to other family medicine leaders uh, um, as well to uh, you know to maybe write something for for the website or to come on the podcast or to interview or something like that and and uh, you know I really see something you know really happening especially in the past six months or so um, or maybe even since the the Congress last year um, as far as social media and specifically the family medicine community and it's uh, I'm very excited about it. It's been a very exciting time, especially you know, probably in the past, you know, six, eight, nine months. Absolutely, and the board got pushed um, heavily um, in, into that uh, a couple of years ago. Well, a little over a year ago. Um, not not only by me specifically, um, and and why I valued and why I thought that the academy needed to go that route, but also uh, when Accenture did the uh, the uh, organizational audit on us, uh, they they also felt that uh, we we you know social media was an extremely important uh, tool for any organization, any high functioning organization to use. Uh, to advance not only their work but to be a high functioning organization. Uh, so, with that evidence in front of them, and with with me consistently pushing uh, social media usage, getting that two way communication tool out there for members to be able to comment, to be able to to speak with its leadership, to connect with them, not to think that they're just uh, you know a leader 
locked in a boardroom and they, they're out of touch with their membership, um, but to be able to interact with them and to see what they're doing in their practice environments, I think has been very important and I think has been uh, kind of uh, eye-opening for some of our membership um, that, like I said, does believe that we're locked in the boardroom and are not in touch with our membership, which I, I don't believe is, is true at all. Um, and now they have different areas of, uh, of uh, communication, different uh, avenues where they can voice their opinions and get answers from our leadership, um, from the Leader Voices blog. I, I know that uh, on, on a number of the posts that have received a number of comments, Dr. Stream has uh, has answered a lot of the comments that are on there. A lot of the board members have been answering their comments. So seeing that two-way communication was a huge step for the Academy, and I'm really, really excited that they have went that route. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I talk to board members, you know, publicly and 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 uh, privately, I mean, they they give you a lot of credit uh, for pushing them and dragging them and and all that, and uh, um, that's something she should be very proud of um, uh, to to help them, you know, inside the boardroom uh, to try to see, to see the value of uh, of social media. Um, in our remaining uh, moments here. Um, uh, I just want to see if you have any uh, you know, any closing thoughts, especially for the meeting coming up this week. I mean, uh, I'm very excited about it. I haven't been to a national conference in a little while, and I'm very excited to kind of go there and, and to get energized and to talk to residents and students. Um, and uh, as, as we close the meet, uh, as we close, as we close the, uh, the the show here tonight, uh, Kevin, uh, any closing thoughts for us, or, or any parting words, or any anything to really get people, you know, energized and, and getting and looking forward uh, to the meeting in Kansas City next week. Well, the meeting kind of solves itself. Um, with you, know, you just look at the program, you look at the website, you look at everything that's going on, and how much there is to do, and, and in so many different places. Um, Take a look at something on, on the program that maybe you would never look at before. Maybe it's the Congresses. You, you've never thought you'd get involved with leadership or policymaking or finding out what the, what a large academy does and how, how it functions. Take that time to say, okay, well, for this half hour, I'm going to do something that I never thought I would do. Um, because you can, because it's available for you to do, uh, because it's there uh, and, and available, uh, and and put yourself out there. Go out of go out go out of your comfort zone and find something that you never thought you would attend or never thought you would do before, um, and 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 go and experience it, um, and and give us your feedback and and, sh- and tell us what you think about these different processes. Um, if you're uh, if you're a second or third year student, uh, take advantage take advantage of all of the opportunities you have because at, at that point you're you're not really looking at a, a job uh, specifically at that point. Uh, you're you're looking at the residency fair, but there's also all the other opportunities that you should take advantage of. And I encourage you to come back for a second, third, fourth, my fifth year, um, and and continue to come back. Uh, get energized. Uh, use this time to to figure figure out what you want to do with your career. Um, nothing that the academy does uh, energizes. Um, I think energizes not only the the family medicine residents and the medical students, but the faculty and the uh, the, the presenters that come there the most than our national conference. Because I feel like the residents and medical students you hear from the leadership a lot. We're the conscious of the academy. Um, we really show the, the upper-level leadership, and we show the, the faculty what it's all about. We bring them back back to uh, to what it uh, what what their foundation was, why why they went into specialty to begin with. So, uh, and 
but as I said before, everyone has a, a unique experience and a unique perspective to contribute um, and, and use this opportunity to, to network, to gain leadership experience, to figure out where you're going to practice, and uh, to, take, to take it all in and take that energy back to your residency, take it back to your medical school, and use that energy to maybe talk to somebody who's thinking about family medicine. I don't know if I want to do it. Tell them your experience at the national conference and tell them to come next year. Um, maybe get involved with the state chapter or their FMIG. Um, or if you're a resident, get involved with your state chapter and reach out to other residents and see what they're doing. All right, very good. So uh, that's uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, second year resident at Naval Hospital in Pensacola, BernieMD31 on Twitter. Also check out uh, the blog, futureoffamilymedicine.com blogspot.com thank you so much uh, for being on the show I, I'm really excited about Tuesday coming up we're going to have a couple students uh, coming on and uh, and Kevin you know I just I just reached out to them on uh, on Facebook and they're like yeah we'll come on the show uh, so I'm very excited about that it's going to be on Tuesday July 24 at 8pm um, Eastern Time Dana Tucci and Aaron Meyer are going to be coming on and chatting about the meeting um, and it's, it's just really exciting time in social media and family medicine there, Kevin. I just uh, I don't know where this is going to go, but uh, it's just been a very exciting ride. Yeah, it's it's been a really incredible ride. Um, definitely, like you said, looking forward to where it's going to go. Who knows? And, you know, it might fizzle, it might not. It might continue uh, to accelerate. Who knows? But uh, I think at, right now, as it's accelerating forward, we need to be part of it. We need to be part of the conversation, and we need to show others why it's important to be there. Um, we we talk about being at the table with a variety of things, um, and, and this is another place where we need to be, you know, quote unquote, at the table. We need to be involved with the conversation. We need to get our message out there. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, safe uh, travels out there. I will uh, I will see you next week. Safe travels to you. I'll see you next week as well. All righty. Thanks a lot. All right, kids. So I think I got cut off here at the end of the show here. I want to apologize for people who, uh, who got cut off uh, at the end of the show here. And uh, so... Um, Thanks again to uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, um, resident chair of the AAFP National Conference of Family Medicine Residents and Medical Students, uh, for coming on the show. Follow him on Twitter at BernieMD31. Check out the uh, blog at futureoffamilymedicine.blogspot.com. And uh, come back here next week on Tuesday. Very excited. I've never spoken with uh, these students before, uh, so my first uh, chat with him will be live here on the Internet, <laughs> Tuesday, July 24, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Diana Tucci and uh, Aaron Meyer will be uh, coming on the show. So uh, that's all I have for you this evening, uh, kids. I am on call this weekend, so you will see the desperation tweets out there of me whining and complaining. Um, follow me on Twitter at Dr. Mike Savilla, D-R Mike Savilla. You can find out more information at uh, Family Medicine Rocks dot com and uh, you'll find a lot of stuff there you'll find um, uh, you'll find my twitter handle you'll find the uh, facebook page you'll find the youtube page uh, you'll find the podcast you'll find all kinds of stuff there so uh, thanks everybody for uh, for joining me I had a great uh, crowd live here tonight and of course if you're listening on the archives thank you so much um, as well I will say good night and uh, I will uh, talk to all of you next week for show number 200 66. Good night, everybody. <laughs>